0: And I believe, I've said it before, the two things God will never say to you when you get to heaven was you went to church too much and you gave too much money to the kingdom of God. Those are the things where your finances are. There's your heart. And when you come to church and you're faithful to go to church, that's where your heart is. I would just say, come back to the things, the two or three things that are most important to God. And that's winning souls, coming to church, being faithful to give into God's kingdom. Mm
1: This is The Calling with Steve Smith, a Family Life original podcast that talks with pastors about the professional and personal challenges they face in their mission to lead others to Christ. Our guest for Episode 2 is Pastor Bob Yandian from Bob Yandian Ministries.
2: pastor bob yandian uh, joins me i'm honored and privileged to have my very first pastor on the the family life podcast called the calling i was saved in your church god's church but grace fellowship uh january 17th 1988 and i can't help but think uh, of the times that you've heard that from people but to encourage other pastors i can't help but think there's so many times you don't know the outcome of how God uses uh, your message. Uh, You ever think about that sometimes, go back, it's like, how many people, I wonder, came to the Lord through a message that God used through me?
0: Well, that'd almost be incalculable. In fact, I was just thinking as you tell me how old you are, I'm just glad I'm still alive. (laughs)
2: Oh, boy, I'll tell you, there there you go. Still breathing and kicking, there you
0: go. Still breathing. Before I left the church, we calculated how many ministers we had sent out, and we really had so many we didn't even know about because we ordained some and then we didn't ordain some so we had many that there was no record of, but when we quit counting, we had 110 ministers and that included missions and all types of organizations around the world. So it was quite great. It was quite incredible.
2: Well, it was a long time ago and I, uh, it was my very first church that I walked into that, uh, I don't know if the term, if you like it or don't like it, but uh, the only way I could describe it is a mega church. First church I went into where there was hundreds and hundreds of people in the service. And, you know, a thing, uh, called a, a little you know back in 2020 uh something happened and people stopped going to church and start watching online do you right. have you heard from other people uh, other ministers now that you don't pastor your own church you have your own ministry which we'll get into here in, in a second but have you heard that uh just people are maybe even the younger people are just not coming back or is it a generational thing or what? what do you hear as you talk to other pastors
0: well, it's two things. First of all, uh, I would say probably about forty percent of the people that left have come back, but the other percentage, and churches are actually growing, are new people that through the pandemic decided they need a relationship with God, and they've now come to church. So, for those who just stayed home, there's more than enough that uh, is coming to church. So, it's a an interesting mix.
2: What are challenges of a of a church when you uh, look at multi generational? You know, you. You have the young people that you just mentioned, and then you have people who've been around for a long time, and, and you're having people who don't know the Lord yet. They're just being invited to church. How do you, how do you focus as a ministry on uh, who am I talking to today, that kind of thing?
0: No, you don't, you don't even think about it. You just preach to whoever walks through the door. Age doesn't matter. Color doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Uh, nationalities, all the things that we try when people try to build a multi-generational church, Look, if you're white, they'll probably be mostly white people. If you're black, Hispanic, whatever, that's what will primarily come. But the point of it is, is, is Jesus didn't die for just one. When he was on the cross, he died for everybody. When my son took over the church, he was having real problems because one of the places he'd come out of was the youth group. And the youth group was just... Mainly arguing among themselves well what are you going to do with 30 year olds and what are you going to do with you know 25 year olds to 30 and what about those that have children how are you going to minister to us and he got so confused he went to the Lord in prayer one day and the Lord said to him one generation and my son didn't understand what he was trying to get across to him and he said the exodus generation and and suddenly my son just went yes there were mothers with children on their breast, all the way up to people over 120 years old, mm. and God just called them one generation. A generation is who is alive right now, period. And it keeps moving every day because some die and some are born, but it just stays the same. So preach to whoever walks through the door because Jesus died for them.
2: Talk about generations. I don't know if it's just because it's getting, getting more attention or it's been going on for a long time but uh, mental health issues seem to be growing rampant, no matter uh, what age group, I guess, but mainly in that maybe younger adults even. And and you hear some people say like, well, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You shouldn't have any problems like that. You're not in the word enough. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Uh, what do you think the local church role is in the, the issue of mental health?
0: Well, again, don't preach the mental health. Preach the word. It's got the answers for everybody, and the Holy Spirit can take one sermon. I've had people tell me before when I preach a sermon, you know, I got this out of it, and I got that out of it, and I just have to stand there and nod and smile and think to myself, that's not at all what I preached on. Hmm. How did the Holy Spirit take what came out of my mouth and turn it to where it was exactly what they needed to hear? And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. When you try to aim your sermons at a particular group of people or something like that, you lose the rest of it. And plus you have to try to end up interpreting the Bible. If you just preach the word that is there, the Holy Spirit interprets it. And so I've always been a Bible teacher, verse by verse, open up the Greek, here's what the Bible says. And the, and the response was just there. So again, I come back to it. If, why don't we just isolate cancer? I mean, That's only increasing. Why don't we isolate other things? We're living in the last days and there's gonna be increases of all types of evil, but there's also gonna be increase of what is righteous stick with the one that brung you. Just keep preaching the Word of God, because there's never a time the Bible says start aiming toward other things. And that's where problems come into churches, is we have so many fragmentations of churches. day, people trying to aim at a certain thing, when if you preach the Word of God, every answer is there.
2: You've always been a, you've mentioned it, Bible teacher. Uh, yes, the pastor Part of it, but uh, my guess would be—I think you would answer yes to this—that your passion is teaching the word of God for all the reasons uh, you mentioned. Where did that passion start? Yeah. How did you get that?
0: Well, I, I was in college and I had just a hunger for the word of God, but didn't know what God had called me to. And my junior year in college, I was—I hated what I was taking. I was not making good grades. I was disconnected to everything. And the Lord spoke to me in my uh, second semester of my junior year of college. And told me I would be a Bible teacher and, and a, a teacher of the word. And a big piece settled on me. So I started studying as much as I could. I had studied before, but always for my own benefit. And I started looking at, the, at books I had in a different way. I went home and went to Bible school. And the first day I walked in, I knew I was at home. This is where I belonged. And uh, it's always been the same way. I know I'm a teacher. And I know I'm not an evangelist. And I'm not a prophet. I am a teacher of the word of God. And that's exactly what a pastor is. In uh, Ephesians chapter six, where they're laid out there in Ephesians chapter four, it says there that God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is the only one that doesn't have the word some in front of the word teachers, some pastors, some prophets or evangelists, some pastors and teachers. It's one gift. There is a separate office of a teacher, but if you're you can be a teacher without being a pastor, but you can't be a pastor without being a teacher.
2: That hunger uh, continues today. You're, how how often are you out on the road? Uh, I know you have podcasts, and we'll get into that a little bit as well. But uh, how often do you get out in front of a live uh, congregation?
0: Um, two to three times a month.
2: Okay. Is that something that uh, you just continue to love to do? Like, what do you do in your off days? It's like I can't picture you not you know, ripping open the, r- study. the word of God. Yeah. I,
0: I mean, I just delight in putting, in making books, writing books and creating sermons. But the other part of it is, is uh, no, I'm getting tired of traveling and I'm looking forward to backing off right now to twice a month and then eventually to once a month. And, um, you know, I just don't have the physical stamina I used to have.
2: Your Bob Yandy and ministries on your uh, website enjoyed getting back on track. Talk about that topic uh, a little bit and where that pointed.
0: Getting back on track is your spiritual life. And it's the only thing that's eternal. All the other things we get off track on usually are just temporary things. And so, again, those those things that we'll take to heaven with us will be our salvation and our spiritual maturity and all these those things like that. So church attendance is important. And I believe I've said it before, the two things God will never say to you when you get to heaven was you went to church too much and you gave too much money to the kingdom of God. Those are the things where your finances are. There's your heart, and when you come to church and you're faithful to go to church, that's where your heart is. I would just say, come back to the things. The two or three things that are most important to God, and that's winning souls, coming to church, being faithful to give into God's kingdom.
2: Can I give you a couple of Bob Yandyisms? Can I throw you some Bob Yandyisms? Out there? Go ahead. Yeah, here we go. I'll never forget. I still use these. It's like you've never been ripped off till you've been ripped off by a Christian. I'll never forget. That's that. true. Yeah. Any, any comments on that? Well, it's
0: true. I mean, um, I, there's a, I often tell people that the only one that can out-sin a sinner is a Christian, because the Bible says that, uh, you know, that, um, yeah, only a Christian can be worse than an infidel. Hmm.
2: Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing <laughs> the word. I can just hear your voice saying that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. And that's exactly what the Bible's talking about. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's mentioned twice there. But honestly, the rest of the word of God just tells you it's a daily thing.
2: Here's another voice from Bob Yandian that I'll never forget. And it stays with me to this day. And it has had such an impact uh, on my life. And I'm not sure how much you recall or don't recall of this. But again, I was saved in your church and uh, you married Audrey and I. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and you were the, the pastor there. Now, fast forward several years after that, and, um, and there's no easy way of saying this, and I've shared this with uh, our audience several times uh, over the, the 12, years, 12 years I've been here at Family Life, but I ripped Audrey's heart out. I was unfaithful to Audrey and broke our wedding vows, and um, she did something amazing. I'm, I'm skipping through quite a process, but she did something amazing. Uh, she forgave me. And um, I had to get back on track and, and I knew that once I got back on track that she still could have said, well, it's good for you for getting back on track, but um, w- w- I'm still not going to stay in this marriage because you broke our wedding vows and, and she would have you know, been scripturally correct uh, for doing that. But she forgave me and I, I called you one time and I was just starting to get back on track and you, get, you said something to me that honestly, I didn't like to hear at first. But I've taken it every day since then, uh, just to let you know the impact that you have on, on people's lives. I called you uh, and I said, hey, I need some people to sit down and and tell me, uh, you know, get my life back on track and make the right decisions. And, and can we meet? And you said, no, uh, we're not going to meet uh, what I want. And I'm not quoting you exactly. But you said. I want to be able to call Audrey uh, tomorrow and say How's Steve doing you know that can I want to call her next week and I want to call her next month and I want to call her six months from now and say how's you know is Steve still doing you know the right things and that I didn't like to hear that at first honestly but I have that has stuck with me so much that that uh, every day now that you know, that was five or six years into our marriage that almost ended. We talk about that a lot still to this day, but it's a day by day thing. You die to Christ every single day. And I, to this day, every day, it's like, okay, what can I do to honor God, to honor my wife, and I make those decisions, and it's stuck with me. I'm not exaggerating when I say every day, and Audrey and I still till, still talk about that. But that decision that you said to go like, no, I don't want to meet you, this is a day-by-day thing. And and the Christian walk is a day-by-day thing that, I don't know if I want to say thank you. I say thank you to the Lord for using you <laughs> yeah. in, in, in that moment, but... Uh, wow it's just such an impact on our lives and our children's lives because we always talk about what would have happened if again i don't even know if you remember saying that
0: uh kind of but you know what my kudos go to your wife you mm-hmm. know because that shows how much she loved you mm-hmm. and really it was the lord that rescued you but her love too mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's just a daily walk uh that that christian walk and it's not like oh i have arrived you know we never arrived yeah we?
0: yeah i understand
2: that's true yeah never arrive keep on going every single day one of your passions well the word of god is your passion but i i think about cars and fast things and, and all uh-huh. those things uh is that still a that passions don't go away right uh what, no, what do you okay. do? when you're not. Well, what, what, yeah. What do you do? when you're not studying the word of God? What what is what is Pastor Bob like to, to do? What are his passions?
0: Well, I go out with my wife and we go out to eat and we go out to, you know, just got lots of friends and enjoy life. So uh, I don't have a you know, I still have fast cars, but I don't have the old cars. So through the years, I, I had those built up and enjoyed each one of them. There came a day one day, I just looked at that car and thought, you know what, you're just a money pit. That's all you are. <laughs> so I sold it. And I've got two newer cars that are really fast and I enjoy them.
2: You mentioned something earlier in our talk that uh, your son who is a pastor. Uh, give us a, an update uh, on your on your kids. You know, people talk about the uh, I don't know if, is it, is it pressures? Do you talk, you know, that on, on, on pastors, kids, cause they're, they're going yeah, to church is, and mom and dad. And are, once
0: they get past that and just really open themselves up to what God has to say, I told them never, get into the ministry because I'm in the ministry and never let people put you into a box because you're a pastor's son or daughter because my son had told me he's got tired of people saying to him all the time so I guess you're going to be a minister because your dad's a minister and so um, anyway there came a time in his life when he heard from the Lord that he was supposed to work at the church and he worked through a number of departments and then finally when I stepped down he became the pastor and he pastored for eight years and at the end of those eight years he had paid off everything sold the buildings uh, built another building and I mean, everything was right. And he, and he came to me and said, dad, all this time, I finally came to a conclusion. I'm not a number one man. I'm a number two man. Mm. I was more comfortable working under the, the principal of the Christian school, under the youth department leader, under the missions department leader than under you. And he said, uh, anyway, I'm going to step down and turn away. He says, I want to become an associate pastor somewhere. And today he is the associate pastor in Centralia, Illinois, and I talked to him here not too long ago, and he said, Dad, I make less money than I ever have. He says, but I'm happier than I've ever been and busier than I've ever been. So anyway, it was del- it was a delight to talk to him and him be so content and happy. And that's what I wanted.
2: You said you got the calling. When people come to you, and I'm sure they do, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to be a pastor or should be a pastor. What advice do you give uh, uh, others, or is that just an individual thing as uh, between them and God?
0: Um, no, actually I knew I was gonna be a teacher, but I didn't know I was gonna be a pastor until um about nineteen seventy nine, and then I became a pastor in, in nineteen eighty. So I would I would say all those years I knew I was gonna be a teacher and thought I was had arrived by teaching at Rhema Bible Training Center and for four years, but at the end of those four years I began to know something was coming, and then the Lord spoke to me. I would pastor the church in that course. That lasted 33 years. So again, the teaching prepared me for pastor. And then for what I'm doing today, I have a YouTube channel as well as I'm on a number of TV stations. And just to be able to sit down and affect so many people around the world is just tremendous. So I'm happy, fulfilled. And I can just tell you the path of the just grows brighter every day. And that goes until the day you die
2: i'm sure pastors have come to you you see pastors dropping by the way pastors are are leaving the the ministry uh, uh left and right and i'm sure that uh, there have been some people who come to you for advice saying pastor bob i just i just don't know if i can do this anymore and i feel what those kind of issues what simple advice or if it is simple what what advice do you give other pastors who are struggling who are uh, in the in the ministry what do you say
0: uh, I say to them, the reason why you're discouraged and down and, and unhappy is you never found your calling. You're imitating somebody else. So many pastors get their sermons from the same place, either buy them, get copies of them, study what other people have done, preach other people's sermons, and they have no real uh, personal relationship with God in their calling. They might have a personal relationship with God in their personal life, as far as their calling is concerned. And it comes back to this no two pastors are the same, no two evangelists are the same. And quit trying to imitate somebody else because it, it, it ends up in frustration because the reason is you're not them. And so um, there was a show I watched on TV one day and something struck because they said the, the men that went to the moon, mm-hmm. everybody was so envious of them thought, you know, then when they got back, someone was questioning them and said, did your life change going to the moon? And they said, well, what do you mean? They said, did you find your calling? Did you find what you're supposed to do? Did did your life suddenly make, come together when you stood on the moon? And they said, no. They said, well, did you watch the earth as you left? They said, no, we were too busy with all the, the mechanics of it and the instruments and everything. When we stood on the moon, we realized something. Our home was over our shoulder. We'd turn around and see the, the earth rising over the lunar landscape. And they said, we really desired to be back home. And they said, the point of it was, is the moon, we, we found out was just a rock covered with dust. Hmm. How often do we look at somebody else's calling and stand in it for a while or or go experience what they have and realize something, I don't belong here. And so small churches are often wanting to be big churches and big churches are wishing they were small again. I mean, you get out there and nobody's content. Be content in who you are. And, you know, the whole thing comes back to the grass is greener on your side. Quit looking across the fence. And so that's a very important thing for ministers to realize is I'm an individual. I'm not the other person. I can learn from them, but I'm not going to imitate them.
2: Okay. Time for a, uh, fun finale, uh, that has nothing to do with the church. You have your choice of chocolate cake or steak, which could you not, which could you go through the rest of your life? Never having again, chocolate cake uh, or steak?
0: Well, you know what? I like both. So I'm not going to say this, you know, but honestly I could get by the rest of my life with, without either one of them. If I absolutely had to, but, uh, cause I could grind, I guess I could grind the Burger. i <laughs> grind the steak up into a burger and all that so i don't have i don't have a good answer for you there i like both but listen my list of, of likes on foods is huge yeah
2: yeah <laughs> i got i got about three things i don't like yeah right and then the other one goes well uh pastor bob and Dan, it's it's been a joy to uh to catch up with you uh i know it's this, the, the case in my life and i can't even imagine the the countless numbers of others uh, who you've influenced uh, through the Word of God and uh, just sitting under your ministry. And again, it was my first church I attended. I got saved in your church. I'll never forget that day. But you know one thing I will forget? I have no What's idea that? I have no idea what you spoke on the day I got saved. I couldn't tell you. Oh, really? I couldn't tell you what the message was. This is not to downplay your teaching because there were so many other great teachings over the years. Yeah. But when I think back to like, wonder what was talked about that day. And I'm like, I don't know. But God was just overwhelmingly speaking to me yeah. during your message, whatever that is. Do you hear that often sometimes? That, that, uh... um, actually, most people remember.
0: You remember Chip Olin, oh, my yeah. associate? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Well, he remembered on the day that he came to church and was so convicted and ran to the front to get saved. I was preaching on the sluggard mm. out of the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And he said, I know that's strange. I said, no, God can take anything, mm-hmm. anoint it, and speak to your heart.
2: Yeah, well, you've been an influence on our lives, and I know so many other people's lives, and and God gets all the glory for that. And uh, amen, He always true. does. And uh, say hi to your lovely wife, uh, Loretta. Well, do you too? Where can people find you online at Bob Yandian Ministries?
0: Uh, well, they can go to YouTube, and I have a channel on there. But they can go to Bob Yandian. and they'll see everything that I have, all the material. And then I have a website for ministers only, and it's uh, free. Everything everything from uh, points on sermons and how to preach sermons, all that kind of stuff anyway. And that's called ministersclub.com.
1: You've been listening to Episode 2 of The Calling, a Family Life original podcast. Be sure to check out all of Family Life's original podcasts, including Therese Talk, if that makes sense, The Powerable Podcast, and Business by the Book. You can find them wherever you download content or at familylife.org. Family Life is a not-for-profit listener-supported ministry relying on your generous support to make podcasts like this possible. Find out how you can get involved when you go to familylife.org.